millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code PROGRAM. You're listening to Cork Today on Replay. Phone and text lines are currently closed. And a very good Thursday morning to you as we welcome you along to the programme. Bernie uh, is, of course, taking your calls all this week and she's available now at 0818 103 103. Anything you want to share with us. And of course, we always welcome your texts and uh, WhatsApps that come into me here at the studio. 087 103 103. And certainly my thoughts all morning have been with the Rooney family in uh, Dundalk and in uh, Donegal because the funeral mass for private Sean Rooney got underway at nine o'clock. I imagine it's probably uh, wrapping up uh, around now. And I know that the priest, the chief concelebrant is a father, Derek Ryan. And he said that the, the deaths of young Sean Rooney had pierced the heart of his family and the wider community. And they made the journey this morning. His remains were brought from his grandparents' house, actually, which was very close to the local church. And it's the Church of the Holy Family in Dundalk. And it is the same church where young Sean was baptised where he made his first Holy Communion and where he also made his confirmation so it's the local uh, family uh, church uh, huge huge sadness and uh, good to see there was um, hundreds of people seemingly lined at the route for that short walk that he made from his grandparents house to that church in Dundalk and President Michael D. Higgins is in attendance the Taoiseach Leo Varadkar is there the Taunish the Micheál Martin the Guard the Commissioner Drew Harris and obviously the Chief of Staff of the Defence Forces uh, Lieutenant General Sean Clancy are all in uh, attendance. Just what a sad, sad morning uh, for them. And then, of course, he'll make his final journey when the cortege and with a full military escort will travel through the north to Donegal and the burial ceremony is expected to take place about half past three today. And of course, he's going to be buried with full uh, military honours and interesting to hear on our news bulletin there uh, former army uh, personnel uh, saying that it's very unusual to have somebody buried with full military honours and I didn't realise it's equivalent to a state funeral and he, he deserves nothing less but it's his family now 
we'll have to pick up the pieces and uh, continue on. It really is absolutely heartbreaking. So very much in our thoughts this morning uh, and prayers, the fam, the the late Private Sean Rooney and his uh, family and uh, very close friends. And once again, we say may he rest in peace. 0818 103 103. Now I have a couple of follow-ons from items that we did yesterday on the programme. Anne joined us yesterday uh, because on Tuesday she'd made the journey. I think she said it was a 30-minute, I forgot to ask her where she was from. She was a 30-minute journey into Mallow, packed up the car. She had an appointment to go to the National Driving Licence Centre because her driving licence needs to be renewed and she's one of those people that arrives in plenty of time so she won't be late for her appointment but she arrived and when she got to the NDLS centre in Mallow the door was closed locked up nobody in there was two gentlemen she said waiting ahead of her she stayed for about an hour another woman came she had an appointment as well they tried to ring the number there was a number on the door couldn't get through to anyone um, and then managed to get through on her phone she went online tracked down a number uh, but couldn't find out what was going on and she waited around for much of the day thinking oh maybe they just weren't open in the morning maybe they'll open again in the afternoon but she gave up anyway and had to come home and then got on to us to see if we could find out what was going on so we got on to it's the RSA obviously they're the ones that run the National Driving Licence Centres uh, all over the country and they got back to say that they they say we can confirm that the Mallow NDLS Centre was closed on Saturday the 17th and on Tuesday the 20th of December and it was as a result of staff illness and I, we did say that and we did speculate about that yesterday you know they obviously when staff go out sick they for and I don't know if that needs to be looked at they don't have any backup staff or anybody else that can go to the office and carry on the work that will be done by the staff that were out sick so they say it was closed Saturday and on Tuesday now they don't mention anything about Monday because Anne was led to believe um, by somebody she was talking to that it was also closed on Monday but they're not saying that they're saying just Saturday and Tuesday now they say unfortunately when the L- NDLS centre is closed at short notice for a short period of time it may not always be possible to erect a notice at the centre to advise customers of the centre's closure because that was one of Anne's complaints as well that there was no sign up on the door so she wasted nearly the entire day by waiting around and going back hopefully hoping that maybe they were going to open in the afternoon whereas if there was a sign up saying you know due to unforeseen circumstances were closed for the day she could have gone straight home but then they also say with the appoint with an appointment only NDLS service which Anne had an appointment and the other people who turned up had an appointment they say appointments are cancelled early in the morning and impacted customers will receive a message by whatever means they had indicated as their preferred communication method at the time of booking and that would either be a text message or an email and I did ask Anne how she had received her appointment she said it was by email and she said she didn't get an email to say that the appointment had been closed and obviously the other people who turned up um, on on the Tuesday as well they obviously didn't they either didn't get an email or they didn't see the email uh, to say that their appointment had been cancelled but anyway that was the reason and uh, obviously it was back up and open yesterday and was fearful of taking an appointment for yesterday for fear she'd make the journey again and the same thing would happen uh, all over so it was due to staff illnesses and then John in Canturk had contacted us because he had been in beautiful Donnerell Park last Saturday but he was very upset by what he saw there had been one 
one of the swans in Donnerwell Park had frozen to death in the middle of the lake. Now, seemingly the lake had frozen uh, solid and the poor old duck, the poor old swan, stuck in the middle of it and died, uh, froze uh, to death. But John said that was sad enough and that's, you know, nature, unfortunately, can be very cruel at times. But he said what then happened really upset him. He went back again on Sunday and he went to see had the swan been removed and it hadn't. But what had happened in the meantime was the grey crows and crows will do what grey crows will do. They had torn the swan to bits but there were still parts of the swan left there. And John got onto us saying why did the OPW not remove the body of the swan as soon as they realised that the swan had died. So anyway we got on to uh, Donnerill House and uh, Bernie said spoke to a lovely lady there who said that unfortunately they were aware that this swan had frozen to death in the middle of the lake but the workers didn't have access to a boat to get onto the lake but even after the swan had died initially the lake had frozen frozen solid so they couldn't even have got out there on a boat and obviously you don't walk out on a frozen lake because you never know when the ice is going to go from under you. Now they do say by Monday they were able to get access to a boat and they were able to uh, remove the rest of the remains of the swan but John just thought it was upsetting and I don't know if there was many other people out walking it's very very popular down around park I know it was very very cold at the weekend but people like to wrap up and go out for walks so I don't know if many others had spotted it as well but then it got us talking here in the office that there is a pair of swans that live out there in Donnerell on the lake and obviously swans mate for life so now you've got a swan without a mate now I don't know do they take on another mate how would you introduce another swan and then would you have to work out whether the male or the female had actually uh, died but we're, we're starting to worry about the other poor swan that's going to be left there all on their own uh, 0818103103 and then James contacted us this morning emailing patricia at c103.ie to say he has received a text message today um, uh, and he says both the telephone number and the message are hoax it's a scam for money and credit card details and it, it's that Scam text that's doing the rounds again. There seems to be an awful lot of this doing the rounds. It's the HSE one saying you have been in close contact of someone with COVID-19 Omicron. Even the wording of that, you've been in close contact of somebody with COVID-19 Omicron. And then it says to order. Now, this is where this text message has changed slightly. They've introduced the word mandatory in block capital letters to order a mandatory test kit kindly proceed below and then there is a link that they're asking you to click and it's healthservicesorders.ie.com no such website there's no you will never see a .ie that then goes .com website it just doesn't exist well it's hyphen ie.com you can see straight away by the you can see straight away by the link that the link is a fake but it came from an 089 a a plus 353089 number which obviously is an Irish telephone number so of course that's how they try and dupe people into thinking that this is genuine you click on the link and and we know people have been caught out and money has been taken from their bank account subsequently because what they ask you to do is they ask you to pay a very small amount of money uh, towards the cost of the test kit it's usually they say it's just to cover the postage and people think oh well, yeah I'm willing to pay for that they're sending me the test kit for free and of course it's not it is a great big uh, scam but what I did read from a good news point of view that hopefully we'll see the end of that type of scam all of the papers today reporting that scam calls the scourge of the scam calls could be 
be drawing to a close because scammers calling Irish customers from abroad and making it appear as if they're calling from an Irish number and that's exactly what has happened to James. You can be guaranteed that those scammers are not here in this country but it's because it came from a plus 353089 number you're led to believe that they're calling from an Irish phone number and they do that in a bid to defraud people of uh, cash. The hope is that by next March that there will be systems in place that will block those numbers. Combreg say that it is taking the fight to fake number fraud and have been working with a dedicated task force to tackle this and other scam communications. Scam calls and texts continue to be a widespread problem, they tell us. Listen to this. Fraud offences nearly doubled between 2021 and 2022. In 2021, there was 9,219 fraud offences. Huge, huge number. But this year so far, that number has gone to 17,354. That's cases of fraud where money was actually taken from people's accounts. And the Garda Siakona have indicated that this increase is largely due to scam communications. Many companies will use phone numbers that are only used for inbound calls to provide services to customers. Now, fraudsters will sometimes then originate calls to make it look like they're coming from those numbers to trick people into answering calls. And that's how we know that they've used, for example, that the HSEs, you'll, you'll have a link where you will have had a number of text messages, genuine text messages from the HSE. And lo and behold, a fraud one will pop up on that same from that same number and that's what these fraudsters are doing. So the method is dubbed spoofing by the regulator. That's where they use somebody else's uh, number even though that number is not being used at all. And to address this, Comrec have complied what they're calling a do not originate list and it comprises of phone numbers that are never used for outbound calls so that they can be blocked by the operator. So that will stop a number of these scam calls and the regulator say now it's not going to come in until uh, March of 2023. It won't won't stop all of the scam calls, but it'll certainly stop a number of them. And Comrade, what they will do in March, they'll launch a public consultation to set out the proposals in the long term. And the consultation will also propose new guidance on how the telecom companies themselves should ensure that the Irish fixed line numbers are not misused in the future. So at least plans are in place to try to end the scourge of these scam calls. But in the meantime, be very, very careful of any unsolicited text messages, calls or emails. 0818 103 103. Lines open. Tomorrow, by the way, will be our last one uh, before uh, Christmas and indeed our last one of the year. And we'll have our traditional kind of Christmas Eve programme, but we'll be doing it a day early, which means that the wonderful, lovely Alice Taylor will join us. We can't have our final show of the week without our um, final show of the year without our annual chat with Alice Taylor. I always look forward to it. She's just such a joy and she is such a Christmas person she absolutely loves Christmas and she's just full of Christmas cheer and full of Christmas spirit so looking forward uh, to my chat tomorrow with Alice and we will sprinkle as many Christmas carols and songs as we can throughout the programme tomorrow and also I'm hoping 
as well to give as many shout outs as we can to uh, Christmas swims and Christmas runs. The Gold Mile, for example, there is a number of them on on Christmas Day and there's others I think on on St. Stephen's, St. Stephen's Day. I have the full list, I think, of all of the Gold Gold Miles that are going on. So we'll mention it. There could be one in your area. And I have a number of Christmas Day swims and swims that are happening all in very worthwhile causes. If you have, if you're organising one or you're involved with one that you haven't contacted us about, get it into us, please, as quick as you can. And we'll be certain to include as many of them and give as many shout outs as we can tomorrow. Just encourage people to either go along and support the people that are taking part or maybe you might fancy a dip or a run on Christmas Day yourself. 0818 103 103 lines open. Now, as we head into the final few days before the start of the festive season, Drink Aware, which is the national charity working to prevent and reduce alcohol misuse. Join us this morning with tips and advice on how to host a merry and mindful Christmas. Alex Ainsworth is Communications Manager with Drink Aware. Good morning to you, Alex. Good morning, Patricia. How are you? I'm very well and you're very welcome to the programme. I suppose let's start with the house parties as a lot of our socialising is done at home, our visiting family and friends. Measuring the drinks is so important, isn't it? Because we all know that everyone has a relative who will be known for being a bit heavy handed when they're pouring the drinks, which is not a good idea. That's it. So this Christmas, with obviously it being the lead up to Christmas, we want to support the public with tips and advice on how to drink mindfully this festive season. So our tips for your listeners, if you're hosting or going out, um, would be to serve plenty of food, serve non-alcoholic alcoholic alternatives, have plenty of water available and have measuring cups so they don't free pour because free pouring drinks can lead to drinking above the HSE low risk weekly guidelines. Um, and the guidelines state that men should have no more than 17 standard drinks per week and women no more than 11 standard drinks a week. And these should be spread out over the week with two alcohol free days. Yeah, so get a measure and uh, if you're giving whatever it is, whiskey or vodka or gin, at least when you're measuring it, the measure then is the same as what you would get if you were in a bar. That's it. So for spirits, if you're pouring spirits, a standard drink would be 35.5 millilitres. And you have, you know, there's measuring cups at home. You can use an egg cup, you can do a shot glass. Like that is the standard drink for, that's the measurement. Um, But people also really be aware that um, half a pint of, you know, your standard pint is um, one standard drink. So half a pint is one drink. So if you're having a full pint, that's two two drinks. That's two, Yeah. yeah. And the other one I always find with the, you know, I only had a glass of wine, uh, but some of our wine glasses at home can be extremely large. You've got to be very careful of the size of your wine glass. That's it. So, and that's why we we urge people to measure because 100 millilitres of wine is one standard drink but you know people have bigger wine glasses at home and they might look very nice but still 100 millilitres is one standard drink so always just measure it Yeah, yeah and then at least you can count in your head and you can work out exactly how much uh, you're having Now you said you mentioned uh, serving food Uh, Food is important Alex if you're having like a party at home or whatever that's going to be going on over a number of hours It it absorbs the alcohol Is Is that the theory behind it? 
So it's not that it just absorbs alcohol. So it slows down um, the, the absorption of alcohol. So if you are continuously eating, um, you know, you're not going to be drinking as much if you weren't eating. So it's not that it slows it down. It's not that it absorbs it, but it does stop you from drinking as much as you would if you weren't drinking. Okay. And I was interested to hear you mention have the non-alcoholic options. And there's so many non-alcoholic options now. And certainly from a taste point of view, I mean, I remember when non-alcoholic beers first came out, they were disgusting. I don't know how anyone could drink them. But now it's very hard to tell the difference between a non-alcoholic beer and an alcoholic beer. That's the thing. And it's it's really brilliant that um, companies have come out with non-alcoholic alternatives so you can have you know a G&T but it could be a non-alcoholic G&T people do like the taste yeah um which is great you know you still like the taste of it and you can still get the non-alcoholic alternative so you know it's not just you're sitting in the bar and you might feel like you just want to have a glass of water you can have a non-alcoholic um gin and tonic or a non-alcoholic beer and still get that lovely taste but not have the side effects of the alcohol the trick that I use all the time is drink water in between drinks and it really does help. That's it. So drinking water in between does help. Um, you know, you need to stay hydrated when you're drinking. Always drink plenty of water um, if you're going on night out or you're drinking at home. It will keep you hydrated because when you drink, it does um, get rid of the hydration from your body. Um, so always drink plenty of water. If you're hosting, have plenty of water out for your guests. Um, and it's just a really, obviously, brilliant way of staying hydrated. Yeah, and if you're having a meal, I also think, it's, I mean, most of the restaurants will put a bottle of water on the table and it's just to remind yourself to have that glass of water on the go uh, all of the time. And, of course, when we're talking about alcohol this morning, every social event, Alex, doesn't have to revolve around alcohol. No, it doesn't. And what's really brilliant is there's so many people at the moment. Um, so 35% of adults who drink have made small positive changes in their drinking habits. And 30% of adults who drink want to drink less. So we are seeing a huge increase um, from the public and um, demand for a more mindful approach to drinking alcohol. So, you know, people are going out and they're not drinking and they can have the social setting and the social benefits without feeling the negative effects of alcohol the next morning. Yeah, I mean, I saw the drink aware you're advocating mindful drinking and it was something mm-hmm. I hadn't heard of before. What do you what do you mean by mindful drinking? Yeah, so, of course, mindful drinking. So mindful drinking is an attitude and a mindset. So drinking mi- mindfully is actively asking yourself questions about why you drink without judgment. So before drinking at an event or at home, you can pause and ask yourself, do I actually want this drink? Or will drinking this lead to negative outcomes, such as impulsive behaviour, negative short-term and long-term physical effects, as well as poor physical appearance, poor sleep and low energy? So it's, it's asking yourself questions. Do I want to have this drink? What are the negative side effects of it? And that's what mindful drinking is. And you also talk about sober curious yeah, so being sober curious um, means a bit more questioning when, how much and why you drink. So um, a lot less of simply going along with the dominant drinking cultures that exist across social, social situations. So often subconsciously or because we feel that it is socially expected of us. So, you know, you might have a friend who might go, oh, why aren't you drinking? Go on, have the drink. You can go, no, I don't want to have this drink. Um, it's, it's 
saying no and, you know, not being a part of that dominant drinking culture that I think we do have in Ireland. Well, it's funny now you mentioned that because Lorraine, one of our listeners, said, so glad, Patricia, to hear you talking about this uh, this morning. Would you also uh, please emphasise that if a guest says no to a drink or to a secondary one, then please respect that request and don't put pressure on people. Lorraine says a couple of years ago at Christmas time, she was in the early stages of pregnancy. She hadn't shared the news with anyone and she said, I will never forget the pressure I was put under uh, to have a, have a drink, have a drink, have a drink. And she said, I didn't want to tell people why I wasn't drinking, but people weren't accepting when she just said she didn't want to drink. So you need to respect somebody's request. That's it. You know, if someone says no, you don't have to give an explanation as to why you don't want to drink. You might have your own, you know, you might be pregnant, you might have alcohol dependency, or maybe you just don't want to drink. Um, and people constantly asking and having that social pressure. There is a need for those people to, you know, look at what they're saying and go, okay, they said no. That's it. I'll offer them a water. I'll offer them a soft drink. And that's it. Yeah, don't. Yeah, or you could do a Mrs. Doyle with a pot of tea. Go on, go on. You'll have a pot. pot you'll have a cup of tea, but leave it, it. Leave it at the tea. Uh, and listen, Alex. All the tips and advice available on drinkaware.ie. Yeah, so um, if you want to explore mindful drinking, feel the benefits of cutting back, or even if you want to cut back um, entirely and give up alcohol entirely, um, or want to order um, resources, please visit drinkware.ie for more information. And have a happy and safe Christmas, Patricia. And many happy returns, Alex. Thanks for taking time out to talk to us. Thank you. Enjoy the Good rest of the day. Good morning. Bye bye. Bye bye. Alex Ainsworth there, who is a communications manager with uh, Drink Aware. And, you know, also very conscious and mindful, while we were talking about mindful uh, drinking, of uh, people who are uh, recovering alcoholics who can find Christmas a really really difficult time and obviously if somebody is new to sobriety you know they really are battling hard to stay sober but if you speak to anyone who has given up alcohol even you know many many years ago you know they will often tell you that Christmas time can be the most difficult time for them because it would have been a time when they were struggling with alcohol where they would have drank an awful lot it can evoke very bad memories uh, for them but it also can be a very difficult time because for some reason everything everything seems to revolve around alcohol uh, here in Ireland at this time of year so just be mindful of that you could be with if somebody says no it could be because they are sober for their own uh, reasons uh, and people don't need to give explanations like Lorraine the time she was pregnant she doesn't need to have to openly tell everybody in the room that she's pregnant and that's the reason that she's not drinking 0818103103 Bernie's taking calls text or WhatsApp 0862 103 103 Now for me there is nothing more fun at Christmas time than to sit around with family and play board games so joining me this morning is Glanmar local uh, Greg Dooley to talk about a South African board game called 30 Seconds that he decided to introduce to the Irish market. Good morning to you, Greg. Good morning, Patricia. How are you? I'm very well and you're very welcome to the programme. So I suppose, firstly, start start by telling us what is 30 seconds and how do you play it? Well, it's a a describing game um, and it's really based on names on cards that are supposed to be familiar to people. You know, it's a completely different game to sort of a question and answer game. You, you, you know, somebody reads out a question and you either know the, the answer or you don't. So you either look very clever or, or very silly. The whole premise or the whole idea behind 30 seconds is 
there's five names on a card. For example, five names could be Telly Bingo, Marty Morrissey, Mary Lou McDonald, Centre Park and David Guetta, a musician. Okay. And you have to try and describe those five in any order as fast as you can to your two mates teammates without saying the names on the card. Oh so, my God. So, so, so like for example for Mary Lou MacDonald could I say leader of Sinn Féin? You could. Okay. You could say anything you want and and the beauty is like, is that like for some people Mary Lou MacDonald is, 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 is really popular and they love her and some people don't. So the, the descriptions can be completely different, you see. OK, you know? OK. And, and you've got, so I pick my card. I'm on a team with two others. A team you could play with. You need at least another person to play with, obviously, on your yeah, team. Yeah, yeah. But the, 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 the groups go up to 10 people, 15 people, 20 people. Okay. Yeah. And then so, in the 30 seconds, I have to get as many of the five that's on my card. That's it. That's as many. So like the, the, the whole premise behind it is that everyone's going to get a few. Yeah, you know, you're not, yeah. You're not going to pick up a card and draw a complete blank. I can't do any of these. So the whole thing is that you're going to get at least, you know, one or two or two or three. And then you might recognise the other ones on the card, but you'll you're just run out of time. So you have this feeling of my knowledge didn't stop me at all. It was the timer ran out. I'm not sure if there was more time. I, w- I would have got one or two more. So it's kind of... And then... Give me another go. I want another go. And then you score points for every one that your team gets. Yeah, you is just it? move yeah. around the board then. Okay. But the, the, the whole people, I mean, it's immensely popular. Like, and people, you know, they forget they're playing a board game. Uh, and it's all about the names on the cards and the descriptions and, and the crack and the laugh yeah, that I, comes out yeah. with people under, see, people are under pressure. You know, when yeah. and sometimes they even mis, mis, misread the, the, the name of the card and they're trying to describe something else, which is completely <laughs> hilarious when the, the round ends, you know. And I was mentioning today in advance of you coming on that I'm desperately competitive. I would be absolutely ripping my team a new one. Why didn't you get that? Why didn't you well, get that? <laughs> I'm telling you, if you, if you play this, you and you're competitive, you wait to play, you, you'll be even worse. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I said, I've heard the stories of, I know people for, you know, 20, 30 years and you play with them and you say, jeez, I never knew they were like that, you know? <laughs> yeah, board games bring out the best and the worst in people. Yeah. And it's 30 seconds, so I'm assuming, does it come with a little leg timer? It does. It's yeah. a 30 seconds timer. Yeah, there's, there's an adult game, which is kind of suitable for kind of younger teenagers right up to 70 or 80 year, year olds. And then there's a, uh, there's a junior, which is the black box, and then there's a junior box, which is which is a purple box, which is suitable like for uh, national school, primary school kids and, and their families. You yeah. know? And actually, that's actually got starting to get very popular actually in school as well. Brilliant, you know? so, brilliant. Yeah. yeah. Um, now, there's there's an interesting backstory to this. Tell me how you discovered and heard about this game, Thirty Seconds. Well, I heard about like it. It's it's really a story. There's an African uh, element to it because uh, like after I went to UCC. I went to London and I went to Africa for about five years and I, I taught in Zimbabwe and South Africa back in the, the early 90s. And um, I was there, got very friendly with a Tipperary fellow called Liam Ryan. And, um, you know, I, I actually came back then uh, to work for a bank here in Cork, got married, settled down and whatnot. But Liam stayed on in South Africa, went into business, left teacher, went into business. And then um, we, we used to catch up when he used to come home on holidays or talk about the Munster final or something on the phone once a year. And he was talking about this game. I had actually left the bank at that stage and, and was working for myself as a financial broker. And he said, sort of, this is a board game in South Africa, 30 seconds. He said, it's, it's, it's a national icon. Like, everyone has it. Like, it's, you know. And he said, would you be interested in, 
you know, looking at it or researching the market or whatever, you know, because I I'd left, I said, to work for myself, so I'd have a bit of freedom to do it. And uh, that's where he started. He couriered over a few of the South African versions. So he got them here and gave them to a few people, told them to ignore the South African kind of content and cards and just, just to get the, you know, and you could see, like, I could see that there was nothing like it on the market. And the big job that had to be done then was the, the, the South African game had to be converted for, the, for, for, for Ireland. You know? Yeah, because the so, celebrity names and sports yeah. people would be very different in South Africa to what they'd be yeah, here in Ireland. Yeah, yeah, so then, yeah, did be, you then start producing the game over here? Yes, the, the game is manufactured for us by Cartamundi in Waterford on the, on the Cork Road in Waterford. It's Great. The old, the old Hasbro plant. They make about 20 million board games every year, believe it or not. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. The great uh, company. Yes, they are. They're for, formerly Hasbro. Like So they, they, like they've like they manufactured, I think we've sold about 150,000 games in Ireland now. So they've made them all. So, yeah, because you launched back in, I think it was 2010. Yes, and I'm assuming yes. it's been building every year, has it? Every year. The first four or five years were tough. You know, when yeah. you're trying to get into the market, stay in the, there and, and, and exist. Uh, and then... In about year five around that sort of thing, something changed and we had sold enough of them that kind of there was a big kind of word of mouth kind of uh, spread then you know and that you know that you know and, and that and that's the most powerful type of of, of, of kind of you know, organic marketing if you like you know other people were telling you know they were having great fun with it and they were telling other people it was nothing to do with us and then we we noticed that you know there was kind of a surge then, like brilliant. When, when and I think it's it's just it's the simple concept, and everybody can play it. Yes. You know, I mean, there are certain board games that you just think you come away thinking, oh, "I never, I never get good of good at that." Or particularly the knowledge ones, where you have to genuinely, you know, with the ones where you're asking questions yeah. and you feel like a fool if you're getting them wrong. Whereas this, as you say, is something that everybody from all ages can get involved with, and everybody will be good at it at some level. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's amazing. Like even the, even you kind of think the fellas that would be brilliant at level or girls trivia pursuit kind of heads. Yeah, like they wouldn't necessarily be good at this. Yeah, you know what yeah, I mean? Because, yeah. I mean, like, there's, there's everything I said. You know, it's all the all the soaps are on the card. Like the sports on the card. The, the singers, like songs. You know what I mean? It's it's everything and anything. You Do you know? have to update uh, the cards every couple of years? Yeah, every year. Every like, year. There's 2,400 names in the game and I would update between one and 200 would names you? every year because especially for the young people, you've got to have the latest Ed Sheeran song or the, or the Dancing with the Stars, some celebrity or what you, you've got to keep it fresh and updated and that makes it more relevant then because it's a reflection of Irish kind of popular culture. Yeah, I mean, we all played board games as children or while in, in college, but they are, it's amazing, um, Greg, they are still as popular. Even with yeah. all of the video games that are out there at the moment, yeah, yeah, no, they 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 just learn to coexist with everything else, and they just offer a different kind of experience than than the the normal. Like you can have, you know, a crowd of teenagers playing thirty seconds, you know, ten of them around the table. They might have all of their mobile phones there, like, but they're playing, but they're playing thirty seconds, and they're concentrating on the cards, and and it's the it's the social interaction with each other that you just don't get with with something else. Okay, and where can people buy this board game? Thirty seconds. Well, inside Mallow, anyway. There's, there's, there's in the World of Wonder stock it. They stocked it for years, and uh, Eason's in Mallow as well. They 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 stock it uh, here in Cork City. It's available with all the, the usual suspects. Uh, Thirty seconds. Dot is our website, and there's 170 
retailers in Ireland listed there. Sorry, stock it. Okay, and, how, and somebody asking the obvious question, how much does it retail at? Uh, 29.99. 29.99. So it's reasonably priced as well and it can be just a lovely present, as you say, for, for all of the family. So you've gone from banking into board games, Greg. That's a yeah, big teaching, jump. Teaching to banking to board games. <laughs> yeah, I mean, geez, you couldn't make it up. <laughs> Is this the last... Oh, I, I, I think so. I think so. Unless, I, unless I'm going to explode or something. <laughs> <laughs> and are you particularly good at the game? Uh, I was when I used to play a lot of when I used to do, do do a lot of demonstrations and stuff in the early days. But I don't do that hardly as, as much at all now. You know, and then now it's kind of more running the business part. You know, it's, I do the cards every year, and I have to do an awful lot of research because next year I have to do a separate booster pack. We've had thousands of requests over the years for a separate booster pack because you asked was I good for the good of the game and not particularly anymore <laughs> compared to thousands of people out there because I get emails all the time and they know the cards off by heart. I mean I don't know I do the cards and I don't know them off by heart. <laughs> but they they tell me we know the cards off by heart. We've played the game hundreds of times. We need more cards, we need more of this. So next year there'll definitely be a thirty seconds booster pack coming out. Um, I promised it to a lot of people. So a, bo- a booster pack is you'll just you'll, you you just have to buy the pack of new cards. Yeah, the box ah. of cards. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's yeah. terrific. That's yeah. terrific. And then there's there's another version. Thirty seconds everyday life will would be another different version of the game coming out in 2024. You know, well done. So well done. Listen, uh, congratulations yeah. to you. It's a real success uh, story and I would suggest to anyone still looking for that last minute Christmas present or to buy a Christmas present for the entire family, there's a board game for everyone. 30 seconds and go to 30seconds.ie for more. Listen, have a happy Christmas, Greg, and thanks a million for joining us. Uh, and you too, Patricia. Listen, thanks a million. Thank you. Bye-bye. 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 That is uh, Greg Dooley from Glanmire and who, brought, who introduced, I can't say he invented the game because he didn't but he introduced 30 seconds is the name of the board game 0818 103 103 Bernie takes the calls text WhatsApp 0862 103 103 Can we be a saviour and uh, get, get some help out to this listener please Patricia Hi could you help me my uncle who is a pensioner lost his wallet at the South Infirmary Hospital car park yesterday afternoon of the wallet um, it contains everything. It's got his bank cards in it. There's a sum of money in it. His driving license, everything that you'd have in your wallet. And he is um, absolutely sure that he lost it while parked in the South Infirmary Hospital car park. And I'm assuming they've contacted the hospital and nobody has handed it in. But if anybody found it or heard of somebody who picked up a wallet at the South Infirmary, uh, we have the, the listeners' contact details here. Who is the uh, niece or nephew? I'm not sure of this um, uh, pension. So if anybody knows of or found a wallet, man's wallet, South Infirmary Hospital car park yesterday, please return it. It would be a little bit of a Christmas miracle, would it not, for that gentleman. 0818 103 103. And thanks to Noreen in Bantry, when I was talking about the board game 30 Seconds, she sent me photographs. They have 30 seconds in their household and she set up the board and there's the little egg timer and she's put, she's included one of the cards and the five names on the card. I'm just thinking now if I pulled this card would I be able to 
uh, give enough detail so that my teammates would know who the person or who, or who the objects are. Uh, Nile Horn, that would be a fairly easy one to do because you could say a member of One Direction even though they'd probably be going through them all until you got to the correct one. Internet Explorer would be a difficult enough one. Armageddon, that's the, the one. We know what Armageddon is but the, you'd be, be basing it on the movie, would you? Casey Affleck, I wouldn't have a hope of describing Casey Affleck. And Knight Rider. Now, if I was playing it with family and my son was there, I'd be able to say to him, it was your favourite TV programme as a child. But yeah, it's, it looks absolutely looks like it's great fun. And then someone else says, if they slowed the game down rather than it being 30 seconds and if you called it, I win in a minute, then it would be a great Irish version of the game. <laughs> Thank you for that. Some text into 0862103103. We are going to be talking about Christmas ads, by the way, and kind of your favourite Christmas ads and iconic Christmas ads and what makes for a good Christmas ad. It's prompted Betty to say, Patricia, when you're talking about ads on the telly this morning, the best ad ever has got to be the one, says Betty, for the Cadbury's milk tray chocolate when the fit looking man dressed all in black climbed onto the roof and dropped milk trade chocolates onto the table for the lady and then left again out through the window all because the lady loves milk tray. So much drama says Betty. I remember I remember there's not necessarily a Christmas ad but I do remember that was a great ad indeed. Well described as well Betty and well remembered uh, to 0862103103 COVID and I was hoping that between now and Christmas I wouldn't have to mention uh, COVID but I think we have to talk about COVID again, don't we? Because there just seems to be so much COVID out and about. And um, a really good friend of mine I just spotted there during during news at 11 who is unfortunately undergoing cancer treatment at the moment and has been, herself and her husband, have been so careful about avoiding places that are crowded, always wearing masks, hand sanitising and just being really mindful about where they go uh, to protect her, especially while she's having the the chemotherapy. And unfortunately, she's just confirmed as a COVID positive, even having taken all of the precautions. And now, of course, her chemo has to be cancelled and she's feeling pretty miserable at the moment. And it's people like that, very vulnerable people like that. While for the rest of us, you know, please God, if you've had all your boost, your vaccines and your boosters, and I mean, I've had COVID twice and it's, you know, it's a nasty, nasty old thing to get, but you get over it and you're OK. But you've got to remember people who go out with uh, symptoms are even people who go out knowing they've COVID, you've got to think of you don't know who you're going to bump into, who's going to be around you when you're in the supermarket or if you're out in the pub or out in the restaurant. You could meet somebody extremely vulnerable, somebody with underlying health conditions that COVID can be absolutely devastating uh, for. And the I'm reading that the Chief Medical Officer Dr Breda Smith came out yesterday saying that people who have possible symptoms of COVID she's straight away saying please don't attend Mass on Christmas Day or any other religious ceremonies over the festive season um, because she's very much thinking about those in very vulnerable groups and has actually said for people in vulnerable groups that make sure they're wearing face masks at any of those gatherings and I'm sure for people within those vulnerable groups they've never taken the face mask off because certainly I've noticed when I'm in the supermarket you'll see people who even when the masks are gone are still wearing the masks and I'm always conscious of people like that and thinking they must be very vulnerable maybe they've got a vulnerable member in the household and they don't want to bring uh, COVID home. Now, Dr. Breather Smith, who is our new 
a CMO. She says, as a precaution, all people need to care for others and wear a face mask in case uh, others nearby are more vulnerable to the virus. Now, she was speaking amid growing concerns that there is a rise in COVID-19 cases. Around one in five people now who are eligible for a PCR test, one in five now are testing positive. And of course, that's not um, an act that's you add to that then the people who are just doing the rapid antigen tests at home and testing uh, positive. And of course, we know the number of cases in the hospitals are increasing. 625 patients as of yesterday are in hospital with uh, COVID and that's up. It's almost double. 359 just uh, two weeks ago. Now, of those that are in hospital, there's only a proportion are there due to complications of the virus but the remainder of them of course were admitted for other illnesses and then unfortunately tested positive for the virus and that puts added, added um, challenges then when they're in the hospital and how they are nursed and how they are looked after and then in intensive care there's 19 in intensive care now that number thankfully is remaining stable but it is still up it was 11 uh, two uh, weeks ago uh, Dr Smith again stressing that those who are eligible for a COVID-19 vaccine our booster shot please please avail of it this winter the problems for hospitals are really compounded by we've got a rise in flu cases and a rise in other viruses like that RSV virus and that RSV that's that kind of really bad chest infection and that's actually really impacting younger children and older people and that's really nasty and there's a number of people have ended up in hospital because of that the CMO said yesterday that there was a need now for solidarity to care for one another and that includes those at lower risk and higher risk wearing a face mask, particularly on public transport or if you're in any kind of a crowded setting. She said during this shopping period, it's important to wear your mask. She was referring to Christmas and obviously then we're going to have all the New Year sales when shops will be very busy. Also, she said the simple things like washing your hands all of the basic measures which has kept everybody safe in the past. Uh, let's see that it can keep everybody safe again and just go back to go back to the basics of what we all did. Uh, the big drive over this month and early into 2023 is going to uh, again once again tried to persuade people who are eligible for COVID-19 vaccines because they're still, no, they're, in, they're in minority, they're still a small minority of people never went forward for uh, a vaccine. Uh, they're going to really push for them to please come forward. Also, if you haven't availed and you're entitled to your flu vaccine, please go get your flu vaccine because all of that reduces the risk of infection and serious uh, illness. People who have possible symptoms of COVID-19 should stay away from any gatherings. And I know that 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 is particularly hard to hear, uh, especially after the last two Christmases that we've had. And there's been such an anticipation and a build up to this Christmas of people able to get back around the table again. You know, everybody, you know, back to the old traditional Christmases that we always had. So I know people are not going to like hearing that if they have possible symptoms of COVID-19, that they shouldn't be going along and sit around the Christmas table with everybody else. But that's where we're going back to what the chief medical officer is saying. We need to start caring and thinking about other people. Uh, Dr. Smith said it was great to see that we are returning to some kind of a normal, normal Christmas but unfortunately, the medical profession are seeing a rise in all of these different respiratory viruses. And she describes uh, us as being in the eye of a respiratory storm. And we're going to continue to be in the eye of that storm 
over the Christmas period. So I suppose we all have a role to play in protecting the most vulnerable in our community. 081 and our families, of course. 0818103103. Bernie's taking calls. You can text her WhatsApp 0862103103. C103 Jobs. Part-time school secretary is required. It's for Castletown Roach National School. That's between 12 and 15 hours per week. You email CVs and references please to principal at ctrns.ie and they need your emails or your CVs in please by the 6th of January. A dairy farm worker is wanted in Mallow. Now you need to have a PPS number. You also need to have your own transport. Call 087 2979018. An office manager with a minimum of five years admin experience is required for work in Mill Street. CVs and a cover letter, please, to HR at MunsterDroneServices.com. And an experienced house cleaner is wanted to work in the Fomoy area. It's for three hours per week, 087 You'll find all the details and more job opportunities by going online now. Just go to c103.ie forward slash jobs for more. This is C103. Now, how do you officially know when Christmas is just around the corner? For many of us, it's when the Christmas TV adverts start to beam into our homes. So this morning, we've decided to look at some of the greatest Christmas TV ads and try to work out what makes some of them more iconic than others. To cast her opinion over it all, I'm joined by Vaughn Mac. Dermot, who is Managing Director of Advertising Agency Connolly Partners in uh, Dublin. Good morning, Giovanni. Good morning, Patricia. You're, How are you? I'm very well and you're very welcome to the programme. Now, I suppose Christmas ads, the Coca-Cola, the holidays are coming. That one must be running now for years. It is. That was first aired back in 1985. Um, and I think this is incredible. There was, There's only been three versions of that made in the last 28 years. Um, and they took it off air, I think it was 2001. I think they lasted maybe five years. And then due to public demand, it came back again on the airwaves. And I think that's a great one because it works so well for TV. But I think even, ra- I'm not sure from a radio point of view, but you just hear those one or two first bars of music and you yeah. know exactly what it is. Yeah. And it just gets you into a great mood because I think Christmas is really interesting. A lot of the advertising that's out there, it can be quite nostalgic. And it's very, you know, much about evoking emotion in people and there's a very fine line between that tugging on the heartstrings and actually breaking the heartstrings. So some brands go down that route of the emotion and it's a little bit sad at times, it can be, but somewhere like the Coca-Cola or the Budweiser, the music is so upbeat that straight away you feel yourself nearly getting into that music and a jingle thinking, oh, I'd love to be out. With the, 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 yeah, the, the Budweiser is the one with the Clivesdale, the horses. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah that's going 90, since 1987 or is something it? Like and, that. Uh, and the yeah. other one that I think is going years has got to be the Kellogg's Cornflakes ad with, with the little that. girl. I mean, that little girl probably has children of her own by now, has she? That's the whole thing. There's actually a page dedicated to this lady who now has children of her own. That was first <laughs> aired in 1991. I love looking at that one because you see she's got that clear pudding bowl haircut that I used to have and I, I'm just going to go, how did anybody end up on TV with that? And I look and I think, yep, yeah, I had that. I've loads of pictures. Um, and it's, that, the, yeah, it's gorgeous it, it really is lovely and then obviously from an Irish point of view the Guinness um, uh, Dream of a White Christmas what I love uh, about that one and is yeah. the cleverness of the scenes from all over the country I mean Cork is even featured in it 
and you've got the cloud of everything. I know when we look at ads often in work, and we were talking about this coming up to Christmas, what makes a really good ad? And we'd often kind of break it down and say, well, there has to be good storytelling. There has to be relevance. There has to be a nice, strong insight. And then there has to be some sort of investment in the production values. And that can be from a director to the producer, to the music, to the talent. And I think that um, I would often say to the guys, well, what though makes it... Um, what gives it longevity? What makes this an ad? Like, what is it about the Guinness ad that nearly, I think that must be coming up to 14 years, 15 years, 14 at least years, and it's still every Christmas, people love it. Mm. And it's timeless. The music is beautiful, the scenes are beautiful, and I think it's the pace of the ad. It's lovely and slow, and it, it is that time of year, you know, to reminisce on what's gone by. It brings people together. It's got the family. It's, it, you know, the people, the friends, it's just beautifully shot, isn't it? It's beautiful, yeah. It's beautifully produced. It, it really is. And then, of course, when you think of the annual uh, John Lewis ad, that, I mean, that's oh eagerly yeah. an- anticipated. Uh, did you like this year's one? I did. And I, you know, I was looking through these the other day and I have some particular years I love. But this year, I do think it's called The Beginner. I think it is brilliant because I think that they were really clever um, in again, the relevance here of knowing what's going on in the world and really having um, that zeitgeist at the moment of there's, people are struggling and there is, you know, um, over 100,000 children in care. That is a massive issue. And that is something that they decided to partner with a charity. The production is, it is beautiful. The attention to detail is beautiful. But historically, John Lewis has spent a huge amount of money on special effects and, you know, a little nearly that Disney effect. And this year they paired that back and it is very, it's, it's just very credible, isn't it, the whole ad? It's, yeah, it's about, for people who haven't, just describe it for people who haven't yeah. seen it. So it's about, um, the scene is set about, it's a, a middle-aged couple, I would think, and the dad is learning how to skateboard, and you wonder where this is all going. And at the very end, he answers the door, um, and there is a girl, probably in early teens, arriving to their house, a girl that has been in care is going to arrive to live with them, and she's got the skateboard under his arm. And it's that link that he's been putting all this energy into having a common... Um, and she walks in, sees his skateboard and they instantly start chatting yeah. about the... Yeah, and it's, it's just, just that bond. It's beautiful. It's just really nicely done. It's Because it's a very hard thing to do right, isn't it? You oh, know, yeah. It's believable. And I, I saw on... I think it was on Twitter, it was online anywhere somewhere, the amount of... Uh, children who are now adults who had been in foster care commenting on how touched they were by it and the difference that foster families had made to their lives and the foster oh, parents who had gone above and beyond and I just thought wow yeah they've John Lewis has nailed they it They got it right didn't they? Yeah, they got it right Because, because the, in, the other we, we were talking about the John Lewis ones here in the office yesterday and uh, Bernie was, um, was making the point that the one the man on the moon one Remember yeah, the man I, of the moon? I remember she, that. she didn't like that because she thought he, he, he seemed very lonely. <laughs> I, I agree with her on that. And that's what I was saying about, you know, that nostalgia, it's that heartstrings. It's about, it can go a little bit too far. And there has been over the years ads that have not rerun. Um, and the feedback has been from the, from the company, the brand, the feedback they get from their clients that we mightn't be aware of. It was too sad. So there was one years ago. And again, it can be very dividing. You know, everybody has their own opinion. But it was one of the supermarkets and they had the ad ran that you saw the family um, doing up like it would have been their old family home. All the kids have come together to do it up and it's a Christmas. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. 
Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear, and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM. And then at the Christmas dinner, the dad is sitting there and there's an empty seat beside him that was clearly for his partner. And then the little grandchild comes and she sits in it. And it is it is a very touching moment because there is that search of life. Yeah. But a lot of people found that too sad. It just, you know, and I think it depends where you're at in your life. You know, that's somebody, it. That's it. you know, somebody with a time. recent bereavement, somebody, you know. It's, Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. There you have it. So it's, it's getting it right. But I do think John Lewis, and I do think though a lot of the Irish fans have done an amazing job over the last few years. And again, if you go back to relevance, on post. I mean, I first fell in love with the Unpost ads when they had the, you know, the snowman. The walking and in the it, air. Do you remember that? That was yeah. back in 2005. I still was associate um, Unpost with that ad. But a very interesting thing is with music. And again, John Lewis do it really well. They always have those beautiful tunes that they have. But they own them, so they'll have a different rendition of that piece of music. But with that walking in the air, that has been used by three different brands over the last maybe 15 years. I will always associate Unpost. So would I, but, yeah. But Iron Brew did it with Scotland. You know, the Scottish um, brand that has their the drinks, um, Iron Brew. And it was done again by Toys R Us, I think it was, in 2009. So I think you have to be kind of careful of that with the music, the association. When you spend a lot of money, you absolutely want the people to remember that music with your brand. You don't want them going, oh, what Christmas ad was that? After having spent a fortune on it, you know. Um, the e- uh, the ESB ad of the 1980s oh, yes. and this I is Ma- Mammy getting the house ready uh, for yeah. this, going home I think it was called and that's Alan Hughes yeah. from TV3 it minutes. is it is yeah and somebody today when, when I mentioned that ad said oh that was the Erin Rodera ad and I said no it was, no. It was, it was for the ESB and look listen to me look at there he's not it's not uh, TV3 anymore um, it's Virgin Media <laughs> there you go I'll be called out for that don't you yeah. worry um <laughs> I think that, yeah, that is another beautiful ad. And again, the music was lovely. And you know what I love about these Christmas ads? They have the opportunity to take their time telling the story. There's not a big rush because normally when you're making an ad, and it's a 30-second ad, you have to have terms and conditions. And now for every brand, they're getting longer and longer. There's normally an offer. There's normally a Christmas ad. It's just about the brand. So they've got the time to do it. And it's a really nice thing for creatives to work on, but it's lovely for the brand itself to be able to, you know, get that connection with people. Um, the other one I love, I don't know, Patricia, did you have any listeners kind of ring in with the ads that they've liked? But some people have said to me the Penny's ads from years ago. Well, now it's very funny that you mentioned that because somebody straight away has mentioned the Penny's ad. This is the one I can sing the song, got a whole yeah, lot of things for Christmas. Exactly. Now, Noel says that it was the first time we saw a grown woman in lingerie. 
in one of the very oh early Penny's ads. It was an ad with um, there's little elves or something working yes. away, and there was a, there was a shot of a woman in lingerie. There you go. And that's it. So that's the one that came back up. And somebody else had said to me um, about what was the other lovely one we had. Well, Dunn Stores actually recently have done some very nice ads. My one of my I love the Vodafone ad. You're the Vodafone ad where the dad is jumping into the sea swimming. Oh, that makes me cry. Oh, that's, yeah, I'm, he, I'm assuming that's his granddaughter that he's ringing. Or maybe I don't it's his, know. Do you think it's his daughter? I think I sometimes, I've wondered about this and um, I must ask the person because I think it's somebody, I know the, the company that have made the ad, the agency, they did a brilliant job. But uh, the one that catches me every time is when he says, are you still with me? And there's like a pause and she goes. I'm with you. Oh, my God, that it's, gets me every time it, it, because I, I just think, I'm oh welling up. God. I'm welling up every single time. I just think. And it looks like this year, it seems to be a more extended version of they the have, one. Yeah, they have a longer version and then they've got a shorter. So a lot of brands do that. They'd have a longer and then they've got the shorter for their media plan, I suppose, you know, from a cost point of view. But the one I must ask you, Patricia, do you remember, because working in radio, the Barry's, and oh. obviously Cork, the Barry's Tia, that beautiful, it was a 90 second ad and it's all about the train set. Do you remember it? I do, and I'm and I'm flooded with texts in from people saying, well, "If you're talking about ads, you've got to remember uh, the Barry's tea ad. There's something oh, about that's Christmas, and that's ad. that's the um, uh, Peter Caffrey, unfortunately, no longer with us. And Catherine Donnelly, the copywriter. So that was that was created in 1994, and I just started in. I was actually probably no. I'm just thinking in 98 or 97. I was working in Cork. I was in the Examiner what? when we changed over to the Irish Examiner and the Evening Echo. And then I went, I, before I'd been there, I, I was down there, sorry, around 99, 2000. But before that, I'd been working in an ad agency. And this was the ad agency that created the Barry's TM. Barry's were one of their clients. Um, and that ad is still going. And, and it, it just stops is. you in your tracks. Uh, beca- and because it's a radio yeah. ad, it's, you know, the mind, it's theatre for the mind. The mind is taking over straight away and you're, you're visualising it and the, yeah. and the teapot with the cosy on it and the yeah. child coming. It's a hard thing to do. You know, it's a hard thing from a radio ad to actually keep people's interest and to keep them. And I think that's the one for me. That is an ad you hear in the radio and you just get into that moment and you slow down and you listen to the end. And it, you're right. It's all the memories because it brings back. I love the way they have the dad's voice and it sounds like it's from years earlier. Mm. And then it just automatically you go back to your previous Christmases, don't you? And that it's, and, it's a lovely. And the sound of the train, the choo-choo of, of the train. OK, um, lots of people saying the pennies um, ad. And then when we mentioned the Coca-Cola ad, somebody said, wasn't it because of Coca-Cola that Santa Claus ended up red and white? Oh my gosh. I have to check. I have vague oh, recollections. Yeah, vague recollection. The Barry's tea ad has got to be the best if you're ever voting for the best ad uh, uh, ever. And someone else says, I like the gas ad that's on at the moment where they bring the guy in for dinner. Oh, where they call him back into the house. Oh yes, is yes. That, is that, it's bored gosh, yeah. isn't it? It's about they have to, actually. I actually, and I didn't look at the more kind of um, the more recent ones because I had I'd also included in my list Woody's. They have the squeaky gate. Oh, like, yeah. and, and, the, and the young boy the boy looking yeah, across and the it's kind of yeah. cute because it is relevant to their brand so it is it is very connected to the brand but it's nice and again it was so relevant around COVID when we were all looking after our neighbours and doing good deeds and I think that's a lovely part of we hope you know the, the, the aftermath of all of this is that we still look after our neighbours and do those little jobs and it's a really nice one and the other one that I love is, oh, you know this one, the super value. And again, it was done during COVID when the little boy keeps asking, 
you know, are you sure he's going to oh. come? Are you sure? And then oh. it's his granddad at the end. Oh. It is beautiful. That was just magnificent. And we all assumed that they were talking about Santa Claus. That was exactly. very, that was very, very clever. Somebody, I love somebody's that. calling. I've, it says the Aldi ads uh, are brilliant, bearing in mind that when Aldi first came to Ireland, they never believed in advertising. That's very true. That's very true. That is Kevin um, the carrot. I was going to say Kevin the carrot, and uh, there was a lot of you know chat in the last you know year that Kevin has beaten um, the John Lewis ads. That Kevin the carrot has taken over. Now, unfortunately, a lot of the ads I love, and again, I'm being a little bit selfish in the sense that when they're created by Irish agencies and Irish creatives, I love them because I think it just shows that the the creatives working in our Irish people are naturally very creative as a race. But I think that it is. Um, we're taking on these big brands and doing as well. Mm. Kevin the Carrot is done by an agency in the UK, which I'm a little bit going. It's a pity that's not an, an Irish agency. It's happened yeah. in the past. But yeah, because they've, they've used, nice. actually, it's, it's, a, it's a Cork voiceover artist. Pat O'Regan does the, the Irish voiceover on it, but the actual, because I've seen the English version, I'm saying, oh, God, that's a different voice. And then I realised they got Pat to voice the Irish one, but it's, it's, um, it's, it's, it's an English ad um, uh, 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 as well. And that's, and that's what they do sometimes with these broader ones, you know, that they would do that, that you just kind of, you put a local context on it with the voice. I'm just wondering, has anybody mentioned, and my, my, um, my son used to love this, the Sainsbury ads from 2014. And you remember that it was, um, it was taken from that whole scene of the well-known story of the day um, in First World War that there was the... Um, the Germans the and armistice and, and, yeah where they, they had a ceasefire just for, for that day and the guys came and it was over like a, a bar of chocolate and there was something else and yeah. they did quite a long ad it was quite an interesting one like that but I I, I mean obviously it was, it was only shown that year it hasn't been shown since no no somebody and, else is saying there was a Heathrow ad with the teddy bears uh, coming through the airport and coming home to meet their loved ones oh that sounds yeah, cute I'm going to look yeah. that one up too I mean I think as well um, I, I'm finding with that younger generations, they aren't watching as much TV. They're watching a lot, obviously, you know, um, of the Netflix or they're watching on, on whatever channels they're choosing the platforms, but they're missing a lot of these ads. And that's why a lot of them are now on YouTube and they have their YouTube channel. And they're trying to get through because you need, nearly need to see it on a screen and have that long, you know, play out of the ad to appreciate it. Yeah, and somebody earlier when I when I mentioned that um, you were coming on to talk about Christmas ads, Betty was on uh, to say, when you're talking about ads later on, uh, the best ad ever has got to be the one for Cadbury's milk tray chocolate when the fit-looking man dressed all in black climbs onto the roof, drops the milk tray chocolates onto the <laughs> table best. for the la- lady and then left again through the window all because the lady loves milk tray. milk tray. So much drama, says Betty. And then Jim, one of our listeners, says, tell Betty, I have a box of milk tray if she wants me to drop them <laughs> over and tell her just to leave the window open. And that's from Jim. There you go, Betty. Oh, we'll we'll arrange that. And, and, and Jim also says, I love the Barry's Tea ad and I love the line, well, didn't that bait banner? Oh. Which is the line that was used in it. Yeah, you'll have to play that now. Do you have it? You'll have to. I, I'll you'll have, have to. I'll have to. I'll have to dig that one out. I don't know. I, I'm. I'm sure it's on the schedule. We were talking about it this morning, saying I'm saying it's. I'm sure it's on. Uh, I'm sure it's on the um, schedule. Um, hi, Trisha. Sure the is. Christmas ads. The one uh, where the little girl helps the deer. Um, is is it Tesco or little? I'm not I sure which one. Su- I think that is super value. Super value, yeah. Where she the the deer, deer has to go home. Yeah, and all the children. Yeah, and all the children. Yeah, there's there's so many of them. There really is so many of them. Um, when when do they start working on? Is it is is it nearly a full year production goes into some of these ads? Oh, I would imagine some of them because I think that you know depending on um 
who's going to be in the ads and di- the different production. I mean, I'd imagine that John Lewis, you could probably have done in, you know, in maybe four, you know, could be in a four month lead in. But the, from the concepting stage, you, for them coming up with what is going to be the strategy and what we want to do, that could take quite a lot of, of, of time. I know from a lot of our clients, if you're working on something, you'd want to be given a good four months to start discussing at least. There's a lot of the back end that is done. And then obviously from the production side, depending on the special effects and how long it is. But there's a lot of negotiating and time goes into, Mm. you know, as you can pull them off within two months. Yeah, well, some of the ones we mentioned are like little mini movies. Uh, They really are. Listen, I've really enjoyed our chat. Have you had Um, have you had a busy Christmas, Vaughnie? Um, quite busy, quite yeah. busy, but um, we're still working. You know, there's, al- there's always um, the last that build up. And quite interesting that this year, from a media side of things, apparently, you know, obviously all the brands are trying to get people back into the shop. Um, so the kind of media schedules are running later. And then from our side, that has a knock-on effect in our work. But um, all good. Listen, I, I, I used to, as I say to you, Ben, I was down there in Cork. I was a lot busier. Why? Coming up, coming up to Christmas Eve. And I miss it. I was saying that to someone the other day. Gosh, I miss the buzz of when you worked in a newspaper. It was just, you know, the examiner was an amazing place to work and just that whole, because each day was different and Christmas was a lovely time. So and I miss all yeah. of that. And you couldn't wait then to the, to, the, to the final day and, and the last day at work is always great fun. It's all, it, it, yeah, it's there's, something, there's something lovely fun. about it. Well, listen, listen, have a happy Christmas. And, and many, many happy returns. Okay. Um, and thank, thank you. So you. We'll speak again. Thanks, Vaughnie. God thank bless. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Vaughnie McDermott, their managing director of advertising agency Connolly Partners uh, in Dublin. Just a bit of nostalgia on the wonderful Christmas ads and good to see so many people loving the... It's, it's part of Christmas, isn't it? The nostalgia of some of those iconic ads. You're listening to Cork Today on Replay. Phone and text lines are currently closed. And we're going to Macroom Garda Station for this week's Crime Fab. I'm joined by Garda Orla Doyle. Uh, good morning to Orla. Good morning. And, and How are you? I'm very well, and you're very you're very welcome. Now, um, unfortunately, there has been a few incidents of burglary, criminal damage, and theft that you want to talk to us about. Yes, there has indeed. So between the 10th and the 17th of December, a cement mixer was taken from a construction site in Dripsy. This site was left open in this incident, so please be, please secure your sites and property over the Christmas period, ensuring you remo- remove or you lock up any valuables. There's also been um, thefts of fuel around the division, and that continues. Um, I spoke there to you a few weeks ago, and that was ongoing at the time, and it has um, remained. And I suppose as the temperatures dropped over recent weeks, there's been an increase in such thefts around Cork County and even nationwide. When one such incident occurred on the night of 13th December at Drumree in McCroom, so please ensure your oil and diesel tanks are secure. Fuel theft prevention is vital, so make sure to check the tank regularly and note how much is in the tank. If you see anything suspicious, any vehicle or person, um, do not engage with the occupants of the vehicle, but record the registration number and contact 999 or your local guard station immediately. Okay, and awful to see coal was taken in Skull. That's right, yeah. Between the 17th and the 19th of December, a large amount of coal was stolen from an outhouse in Skull. So again, again, please ensure that your property is secure and locked away in sheds at all times. And you can contact um, Gardaí at Skull if you have any information there in relation to that crime. And of course, again, coal has gone so uh, expensive. And then a vacant property was broken into in Kilbarry outside Dunmanway. Yes, on the 20th of December, this, this incident occurred. Um, again, as you said, it was a vacant property and two antique clocks were stolen in the burglary. 
Um, so again, I suppose secure your property at all times. And I just have a few tips on keeping you and your home safe this Christmas, if that's okay. Please do, yeah. Yeah, so I suppose light up your home is very important. It gives the impression that someone is in. Um, use timer switches to turn on your lights while you're out and about and make the house look occupied. This also helps um, when you're coming back into your home on dark evenings. Again, closing your windows and you're out locking your doors, even if you're only going out for a few minutes. Check all your external lighting is in good working order and replace the bulbs if necessary. Do not leave the car um, or house keys near your door, letterbox or windows. And always check who's at the door. If you're unsure, don't open the door. Set your burglar alarm when going out at night. And if you don't have an alarm, consider installing one. There are huge deterrents and burglaries. And persons who have seen your alarm pendant should ensure that they wear the alarm in case of falls around the home. This pendant is monitored on a 24-hour basis and can be great reassurance for those residing on their own. And if you're over 65 and have need of such an alarm, contact your local community alert group to begin the process. Um, and just one other bit of advice there in relation to emergency services. We'll always get to your home a lot quicker if you give us your air code. Sometimes when a serious incident occurs, it, sometimes we can forget our own names, you know. Um, yeah, very in, hard in to the panic. Any details in the panic, yeah. yeah. So again, write down your air code now. Place it near your landline or somewhere close, maybe on the fridge or somewhere that you know you know it's there. Yeah, in and make everyone in the there. house aware of where uh, the air Absolutely. code uh, is. Now, bogus callers, uh, Orla, you want to give a mention to that? Yeah, so there's been an increase of incidents where people are posing as guardian calling to the homes of elderly across the country in recent weeks. So, in Garda Chicana, would like to reiterate the importance of always asking for identification if a person calls to your home unannounced and is unknown to you. And in these instances, I suppose bogus callers are entering homes and stealing money from residents or asking to inspect money and then taking the same. So we, as Gardaí, will not be insulted if you ask us for identification and we urge you to ask for this ID and not entertain those people who are, who are calling to your home. Ring 999 or your local guard station to verify um, if the person stations they are a guard okay, and yeah. always ring us if anyone calls your home unexpectedly and you get a bad feeling please pick up the phone and ring the guardie that is our job yeah but no no member of a guard that she called is going to be insulted by somebody saying please show me your ID and even Absolutely. then if you're not happy with it ring the local guard the station again uh, everybody we prefer you to be safe and have checked it all out rather than get caught by some of these scam artists and then road Absolutely. safety um, Orla uh, unfortunately we've we've had a, a few very sad fatalities Yes, so I, I, yes, absolutely. Um, and sadly, there has been a number of fatalities across the McCroom Garda district over the last two weeks. And we would like to express our sincere condolences to the families of the deceased. And I suppose we would like also to take this opportunity to reiterate the importance of road safety during this very busy holiday period. Always plan your journey in advance. Please remember to never, ever consume intoxicants and drive. The road should be a safe place for all road users, whether you are a driver, you're a passenger, a pedestrian or cyclist. The roads are shared space, so reduce your speed. Drive according to the road and the weather conditions. Do not use your mobile phone and don't ever take any chances. Give yourself plenty of time. Plan ahead, whether that is whether you're going on a trip 
or whether you go out for a night out, plan your, your how you're going to get there and how you're going to return. And if you're ever out in the car and you're on a road trip, make sure if you feel tired to pull over and take a break. Yeah, and just have a little bit of a sleep, a cup of coffee and it'll, it'll get Absolutely. you back out on the road again. And just be, I'm always very mindful of this time of year as well with children getting bicycles for Christmas and those sort of like Christmas Day, those, you know, that week when they're all on their, they'll still be on their Christmas holidays. There'll be children out on new bicycles that maybe they're not quite used to. So you just need to be really, really careful if you're in housing estates or anywhere where children might be out. Delighted Absolutely. to be out cycling their new Slow bikes. Down. Slow down, yeah. take your time and watch out for anyone or any anything that could come in front of you when you're travelling. Absolutely. Okay, and of course Langard the Shiacona available all over the all over the Christmas. Yes, so we're here to help. If you need any assistance, please contact your local guard station or call nine 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 and we would like to wish everyone a very happy and a very peaceful Christmas. And many happy returns and uh, order to you and uh, the rest Thank of you. the gang in the West Cork Division and the North Cork Division who are always so great with your crime files uh, every week. Thank you. We really do appreciate Thank your you. contribution and we look forward to chatting to you in 2023. Thanks a million. Bye bye. Bye bye. That is Garda Orla Doyle, uh, based out of McCroom uh, Garda Station. 0818 uh, We are going to be talking all things animals in the next hour because Jane Pickett, our resident vet, will be joining us and it'll be uh, Jane's final one of the year. Now, we will talk about Christmas and the do's and don'ts around Christmas uh, because every year pets get into bother, be it getting wrapped up in the Christmas tree and injuring themselves are the dreaded one, the one I know that um, uh, Jane talks about every year. It's chocolate and how dangerous chocolate can be for pets. And I already see a WhatsApp in about that on an incident that happened in their home uh, only this week. So you need to be really, really careful. So if you have a question for Jane, you can get it in. Bernie's taking the calls 0818103103. I think our internet's back up and running. We were having a bit of a problem with it earlier, but the texts and the WhatsApp say I can see them, but they're coming in now. If you've got a text or a WhatsApp, you can get those into us as well to 0862. 103103 103. and thanks to Dan says hi Patricia you might let other drivers know that there are some very large potholes it's on the N72 Mallow Killarney Road just east of the turnoff onto the L111 that's the Boherbury Kiskame Road near Fitzgerald's vehicle providers. These potholes are so large they are likely to cause damage to plenty of cars. Now I'm assuming people living in that area will be well aware of exactly where I'm talking about near Fitzgerald's vehicle builders on the Boherbury to Kiskame Road but at this time of the year we have so many people travelling and coming home for Christmas and people visiting homes for Christmas you'll have people on roads that they don't know very well and will come around a bend and not realise there's a big crater of a pothole so for everybody driving drive with extreme care and thank you for alerting us to that Dan because the last thing you want over Christmas is damage that can be very expensive damage done to your car and hi Patricia I'd like to call out an act of kindness by strangers hi Patricia would you please give a big shout out to the following people last Thursday so this day last week during my lunch break I was on my way into Penny's and I got I mean there's a word missing I'm assuming an awful fall it was on Oliver Plunkett Street in the city I was taken into the Penny's store and both the people who helped me on the street 
the first, the four first responders who arrived and then the ambulance crew and then everyone at CUH that were so kind and just so wonderful to me. In particular, the lady whose name, unfortunately, I didn't get. She went over to the South Mall to my place of work to let them know what had happened to me on my lunch break because obviously this... A person suddenly wouldn't have turned turned up in the afternoon with nobody known uh, where they were. A big thank you uh, to all and can I wish each and every one of them a very happy Christmas. It's lovely to see such kindness and that's, I think, that is inherent, isn't it, in the Irish psyche that when, you know, somebody has a fall like that or you see somebody collapse, strangers just rush over to help because I think, you know, there but for the grace of God go any of us that we never know when we might need help like that or we have a family member who might end up in a situation like that so and I could imagine last Thursday the busyness of the city and everybody flying around and at lunchtime there would have been people out on lunch breaks but that didn't stop people just stepping back and saying this person needs a little bit of help what can we do for uh, for them so well done and hopefully you've made a full recovery and you're back fighting fit, fit. Thank you for your text to 0862103103 and then listen there's no name on this says Patricia Heather Humphreys uh, mentioned about all the good that is on the way and has been provided from the Department of Social Welfare. Well, let me share a story with you. In the post today was a letter from the Department of Social Welfare for a family member who is on a disability allowance. This person now has to declare all savings out of the small pension that he needs for everyday expenses and he's also saving for his funeral, etc. He's been told that he will get a reduced rate if his savings go over goes over 20,000 euro and this is savings he will have made out of his uh, pension he doesn't have any other means so that's a happy Christmas and a prosperous new year from Fianna Gael and Fianna Fáil they're a rotten shower this texter got help all sick people at their hands well I can tell you and I know that's really upsetting it's very upsetting to get a letter like that on Christmas week the only thing I would say I'm assuming the fact that you've mentioned his savings can't go over 20,000 if and I'm assuming it's a disability allowance that he's on because remember a disability allowance is means tested and if you read up on I mean citizens information are fantastic for all that information it says on it that they, the, your, your capital if you go over a certain amount uh, then they they, you get a reduced disability. They don't take your disability allowance away if you hit that twenty thousand. And I've just gone on to, uh, I've gone on to. It's the capital is any of your savings. And if you go, if you reach, you can have up to twenty thousand in the bank. Well, actually, you can have twenty thousand nine hundred and ninety nine euro ninety nine uh, cent, and nothing will be taken away from you. And then every thousand euro in savings that you go up after that, the weekly disability allowance gets reduced by a euro. But that isn't anything new and I don't know from the text if the listener is thinking it's anything new it's always been like that it just and I'm assuming it's just a computer a computer thing has just spat out so many of those letters because I remember even Marsha my own daughter is obviously on a disability uh, allowance and I remember a couple of years ago she getting a review and they wanted to know about her disability and had her disability changed in any way and I remember feeling quite annoyed you know I mean Marsha was born deaf blind you know she will always be blind she has a little bit of hearing but not enough for speech so her diagnosis is deaf blind and you know unless we get a Christmas miracle uh, she's always going to be blind she's always going to have a hearing loss and to see that in print that somebody was asking you know has her has her disability improved in any way absolutely frustrated the life out of me and exactly what I'm assuming 
your family member has asked um, her little her little bank account had to be we had to send copies of her bank statements and uh, prove that she wasn't getting funds from anywhere else and prove that she wasn't out working wouldn't I love to see the day when she'd head out the door and be able to go to work but that's never going to be she would be for the rest of her life on her little bit of a disability allowance but it, and I remember ringing up and asking like why was she being targeted I, I felt I really felt at the time that she was being targeted and I spoke with a lovely person who said no they just randomly select so many people it happens every year it happens so many times a year and obviously Obviously, that's what's happened in this case. But just on Christmas week, when you're waiting for Christmas cards to come through, people kind of get a bit of a shock uh, when they see it. But you are, your family member is allowed 20,000. And I don't know how many people who are living solely on a disability allowance who would actually have over 20,000 euro in savings. And that's not to say that some people don't. But for many people solely relying on a disability allowance, that issue doesn't really come into it for many people. 0818103103. And Marisa, Sy Patricia, really enjoying your show today, particularly your slot about the Christmas ads. But says Emery. I think the gas gas ad that we spoke about it's for board gosh isn't it uh, I think that's very odd says Anne-Marie maybe it's because I'm an Irish mammy but it makes me shake my head in disbelief every time I see it. That gas man's parents have his dinner ready at home for him. When those pushy customers put him on the spot dragging him in to join their dinner. He's too polite to refuse while all the time he knows that his mum will be hopping at home when the dinner is burning to a crisp. The wooden spoon will probably be on display when she finds out that he's already eaten a Christmas dinner. Just saying. But I enjoy all the other ads that you have discussed. Happy Christmas and a peaceful new year to you all, uh, says Anne-Marie. Well, well, myself and Bernie now were talking about that ad because it was a listener had rang in about, about that. A couple of listeners rang in about that ad. Um, both myself and Bernie are seeing it completely different to you, Anne-Marie. I, what I've taken from that ad is that that guy is on call for the day and that he's on his own. He, he's living away from home and he's in the little house all on his own because doesn't he, doesn't he, when he comes back off one of the calls, doesn't he go in and pop a microwave meal into the oven? And that would have been his dinner only that the pushy family, as you say, uh, encouraged him to come over to their place and share Christmas dinner with them. And obviously he had to have the phone on the table because he'd still be on call. So it, isn't it funny how people see it differently? I, I never thought that he would be returning home. And to me, he's living away from home and he's obviously on call over Christmas. But maybe, I, maybe I'm seeing it wrong. Uh, 0818103103. Hi, Patricia. I missed the start of your piece on the Christmas ads this morning, but I heard your guest talk about the Kevin the Carrot ad ads and how good they are. However, I disagree regarding the current Kevin the current ad, which to me has brought in a sexual content into the ad. God, I'm going to have to look at that one again. We see the carrot attaching himself to the snowman in a manner that leaves very little doubt in the imagination of the viewer as to what image it portrays. I just think it is so unfortunate that commercial enterprises will stoop so low as to ill in infiltrate the Christmas spirit and the minds of young children watching this ad purely for their own commercial gain. Please advertise us. Leave Christmas. Leave children enjoy Christmas uh, for what it is. I'm going to have to look at the ad again. I'm really going to have to look at the ad again. So it's Kevin in a compromising position with a snowman. Okay, 
I'll get back to you. I'll get back to you on that one. We did have somebody who pointed out and we and I looked it up. They, I, I'm assuming it was the very first ad for Pennies the, when they started using the song. Got a whole lot of things for Christmas. Got it off for the family. It looks like it's back in the 70s, early 80s and it's a scene where the elves are all uh, busy at work and they're showing all the different things that they're making. And uh, one of our listeners uh, pointed out that it was the first time that uh, a, a woman in lingerie and this, and it flashes to a screen and there's a woman in very white lingerie with suspender belts the whole lot and then it kind of very quickly goes to she has a white dress then on over the outfit but underneath it showed the lingerie she was wearing and somebody said that they clearly remembered that ad as a child and it was the first time ever on Irish TV that they saw a woman in lingerie on TV if you if you Google that Penny's ad uh, you're bound to find it how times have changed 0818103103 Bernie is taking your uh, calls you can text you can WhatsApp to 086 103103. The C103 Cork Diary. With Cork County Council, where communities and businesses all across the county can get the support they need at corkcoco.ie. A couple of lighting displays to remind you of the Slattery family in Leitrim, Kilworth. They're fundraising for the Cork Mental Health Foundation with their display of Christmas lights. The lights are on every evening throughout the month of December from 5 pm to 9 pm. All donations welcome. And there's a lighting display at the home of Michael and Chrissy O'Mahony. They're in Kilbarry West outside Dunmanway. The funds raised from the display this year will be donated to the West Cork Palliative Care Team to Cope Foundation as well as Coaction Dunmanway. So be sure and pay a visit to Kilbarry over the holidays. The display will run each night from 5pm until Friday the 6th of January and your support would be much appreciated. And well done to people who go to great efforts to light up their homes and at the same time collect money for charity. Kildallery Lotto draw next draw will be held this afternoon at 4, 6,600 euro. Donnerail Active Retirement Group wishing all their members a very happy and a peaceful Christmas. While Christmas music this Friday in St. Michael's Centre in Bandon with Paddy Dowling and John Leonard providing music from 11am to 1pm and Santa then arrives at 12 with gifts and treats. Martin Leahy continues the entertainment uh, tomorrow between 2 and 4 so lots of fun and great company to kick off your Christmas celebrations at St. Michael's Centre in Bandon. And a reminder that tomorrow on our last programme before Christmas I'll be giving as many shout outs as I can to Christmas swims that are going on and gold miles that are going on and any other fundraising events that you're doing over the Christmas period if you haven't already contacted the radio station please do so we can get make that list as long as possible and get a shout out to encourage people to go along to any fundraising event you are having 0818 103 103 our lines are open and keep your questions if you've got a pet question for Jane get it in uh, please you can either call Bernie at 0818 103 103 or you can text or WhatsApp to 0862 103 103 but she'll be joining us in a couple of minutes to get your questions uh, in uh, Anne wants to know when in January will the increase of 12 euro per week to carers allowance the weekly p- payment uh, do when will it take effect I don't it, it, it just says I've just checked online for you and it just says from January 2023 that it 
it's increasing by 12 euro but it doesn't give a definite date do we take it it's the first payment from January I don't know I'll, I'll see if I can find out more information uh, this afternoon and but certainly I'm just on a quick search there it just says from January 2023 so can we take it from the first payment in uh, January still getting in comments on ads the best ad definitely this year is the super value ad says one texter and Esther says oh no Patricia the, less, the listener has taken the wrong message from that gas ad I'm very much with you I think he lives alone and there's no mammy waiting for him uh, maybe the something maybe the something has passed and the unpushy family were just being kind to invite him to join them as they knew he would have been uh, alone happy Christmas to all as he went through the semester yeah and I picked it up that way as well but it's just it's funny isn't it it's how different people interpret ads different ways for example Barbara in Timaleague says Patricia Kevin the carrot in the ad lands on the snowman's belly the person who says otherwise then it's their mind is picking it up that way somebody reckons that it's got a sexual connotation with the way that Kevin carries on with the snowman but there's there's one of our listeners Barbara and Timaleague saying no he just falls on the snowman's belly and someone else wants to know was there a full moon last night uh, Patricia you seem to be getting some strange comments in today on people picking up ads uh, the wrong way I don't don't think it was a full moon last night but thank you for your comments to 0862103103 and uh, Kieran in Blarney says Patricia please call out and say well done to the judge who called out solicitors for referring clients to medical professionals oh I read this case with great interest this morning because I'm always it it, it frustrates the life out of me when I see cases in, in the paper that are exaggerated claims or false claims and I love to see judges calling them out because of course we all pay for exaggerated claims and we all pay for fake claims if they manage to get through the system and they do manage to get a payout and it was just as Michael uh, Toomey was in the High Court wasn't it? He blasted the overuse of experts evidence in uh, cases and says there were, there were clearly no medical grounds for a solicitor referring one of the plaintiffs to a psychiatric consultant and he said the reason that it shouldn't have happened was the solicitor is not a GP. Now the case is actually from Clonmel in County Tipperary and there was two women, don't know ages or, or, or if they're young, middle-aged old or what, but it was Sarah Cahill and Rachel O'Reardon. So I'm assuming two friends were in the car and it was an... I, I, it's an incident because I'm not saying an accident. It's a tip that happened in February of 2018. So it's been going on for four years. And the plaintiffs, these two girls, were stationary in heavy traffic on Emmett Street in Clonmel. Now, Emmett Street in Clonmel is actually just opposite the guard, the station, would you, would you believe? So they were in the car and the defendant came into contact with the rear part of the car in front this girl was driving Sarah Cahill now Brian Forrester for all Brian was driving the car behind he gave evidence that he'd just taken off from a stationary position heavy traffic now so he'd just taken off from a stationary position he was about a foot and a half behind Miss Cahill's car uh, when travelling at about five to eight kilometres and suddenly bump he tipped off the car in front of him. Now, Mr. Forrestal jumped out of the car immediately. So did the two girls. He spoke to them. They both said they're fine. They checked both cars. No damage done to either of the cars. So both went off about their business, left the scene, didn't even exchange insurance details because it literally was. I imagine with the way he described it, it would almost have been like the car registration on 
number on his car probably tipped off her car. But that was it. He went off and they went off about their merry way. But, however, the two plaintiffs in the case then decided to go, go backtrack, do a Yui. And they went back into the local Garda station and they reported the incident. Miss Cal claimed to the Gardaí that there was a smell of alcohol from Mr Forrestal's breath. It turns out that Mr Forrestal, when he gave evidence, was under oath. He actually doesn't drink alcohol at all, so there couldn't have been a smell of alcohol from his breath. Miss Cal then claimed that she was she suffered psychiatric and physical injuries following the incident. Her solicitor then referred her to a psychiatric consultant uh, on two occasions. She also had to go to an orthopaedic uh, surgeon. The consultant psychiatrist states that Miss Cal informed her that the collision was like an explosion and when the airbags deployed she thought the car was going to burst into flames. That turns out to be completely untrue as Miss Cal accepted in the witness box that the airbags hadn't been deployed. She attended a total of eight separate medical appointments to support her claim for damages and such referrals, said the judge, was putting additional strain on a struggling health system. He said the allegations also made about Mr Forrestal, the poor man in the other car, leaving the scene of the incident and the implication that he'd been driving under the influence of alcohol was both untrue and very unfair on that man. But he said those, the judge said those allegations then caused a waste of Garda resources and might have increased the chances of the defendant's insurance company not fighting the claim and might have then increased the amount of settlement that would have been received by the plaintiffs. So in his judge, in his judgment, Mr Justice Toomey went into great detail outlining why solicitors should stop referring their clients to medical experts. He criticised firms who were still doing this despite the High Court condemning this practice on many previous occasions. Unfortunately, Ms Cal's case, he says, illustrates that this practice has still not ended. And so the High Court is required to highlight, he said, once again, why this practice is inappropriate in the hope that legal practitioners will stop referring their clients to medical specialists. He says while the legal practitioner might see the referral as being in his client's best interest and financial interests, these referrals are still inappropriate and they shouldn't be they shouldn't be made. And they were in court yesterday for two personal injury claims. They were looking for up to sixty thousand euro each from a tip in stationary traffic that led to no damage in the cars. Absolutely crazy. Now, the judge obviously threw the, uh, completely dismissed the case and uh, at, um, through the case out. But it's cases like that. If that had been paid out and if, say, the insurance companies decided to settle and, and didn't go to court, didn't decide to fight, it went on to the insurance company for fighting it because, of course, there's additional costs for the insurance company, especially having to go all the way uh, to the high court. But it's the paying out on these exaggerated are false claims that all of us pay for because we all pay for pay for it in our insurance premiums in higher insurance uh, premiums be that on house insurance um 
on, on our car insurance. So like it's not a victimless crime. We all pay for it. 0818103103. Bernie is taking your uh, calls. We are looking for your pet questions, please. And a reminder also that the Premier League Live is returning to c103.ie with Trevor Welch. It's happening on St. Stephen's Day. It's from midday, powered by Talk Sport. We'll bring you live coverage of Brentford versus Spurs. That's at 12.30. Leicester versus Newcastle at 3. Aston Villa are taking on Liverpool at 5.30. And it's Arsenal versus West Ham at 8. And that's the Premier League live online with Harvey Norman, your home of the big screen. Listen this Monday on the C103 app or you can go to c103.ie. And we're going to the Islandwood Veterinary Hospital in Newmarket, part of the Mill Street Veterinary Group, where Jane Pickett joins us for our final pet slot of 2022. Good afternoon to you, Jane. Good afternoon, Patricia. Are you all organised for Christmas? Oh, I'm getting there. I have a few last bits to get to, to get, so there'll always be a little bit of Christmas panic, but I'm, I'm not too bad, <laughs> thankfully. And I'm, I'm assuming, like doctors, do vets have to, is there, is there, will there be vets on call over Christmas? There will indeed. So as as we're kind of like any other emergency service, so there there will always be vets on call. So your local practice should have an emergency service active, and um, whether it be in house for themselves or somebody who covers their emergency services over Christmas. So just it might actually be a good time to just double check what the numbers are for for your own vet's emergency service. It may be their usual one, or maybe something alternative for over the Christmas period, just in case it's needed. Sadly, we are here over 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 the Christmas day as well, um. So it is just important to to make yourself aware of the arrangements it is usually emergency services the vets provide so mm. not not the usual routine vaccinations and neutrals yeah um, but we are there for the, the sick pets of course and all times are you going to be off are you lucky enough? I, I'm, I'm a lucky one this year. <laughs> I worked I worked many a Christmas over the last 10 years, so I'm actually meant to be off this year. So fingers crossed. And would you, um, would you have got caught? And did, did you get calls in the past on Christmas Day? Usually Christmas Day is very busy. Um, oh. And I think one of the main things we see on Christmas Day would be dogs and cats eating things they're not meant to. Um, so generally... If you're on for Christmas Day, you generally don't get to eat your own Christmas dinner. Um, oh. so usually it's very busy with, with dogs and cats having eaten chocolate and mince pies and all sorts of things that they shouldn't have eaten that can be potentially toxic. And usually with those situations, time is of the essence. So I suppose a, an appeal to everybody out there, make sure that your dog and cat doesn't have access to chocolate. And that can even just be a, a you know, a, a little bit of chocolate on a low table where you might have been having a cup of coffee, a little pup could sneak up and eat that. And that could be very serious. It can cause severe tummy upsets. But in some cases, it can even cause drowsiness, brain issues, seizures. It's very, very serious. And similarly, one of the other things that we think about at Christmas time is anything with kind of raisins and sultanas in them. So there's loads of those things. So think your Christmas puddings, your mince pies, your Christmas cakes, your stollen, if, if it's, you know, something a, a little bit more unusual. They will be highly toxic to dogs and cats. So the raisins and sultanas in them, they have a compound which can affect the kidneys and liver really, really severely. Highly, highly toxic. And sometimes it can only take one or two little raisins or sultanas for them to be very seriously ill. Every pet is a little bit different. So try and make sure that they don't have any access to any of those products that we would normally associate with the Christmas cake and mince pies. But... Similarly, between the chocolate and the mince pies, if your dog or cat does have an accident and look, it happens to the best of us, they might get at something they weren't meant to. It's really best as soon as you've noticed to call your vet 
time is of the essence with these things and sometimes for some toxins we can give them an injection which will make them vomit it up and you can get rid of it and 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 the other one is the the carcass of the turkey particularly with i don't know if it affects dogs so much but particularly with cats Mm, so bones yeah um, so like the wishbone any of the smaller bones and and they can cause, I suppose, serious obstructions, so blockages in the intestines that are very serious, can sometimes cause need operations to sort out, life-threatening. But even just little bits of turkey meat. So if you imagine the skin off the turkey and the fatty bits of the turkey, I wouldn't go feeding those to your dog or cat. Even though it might be tempting to give them a bit of the Christmas dinner, that's not the bit I'd use because that can be very fatty and it can actually cause very bad tummy upsets. But in some cases, pancreatitis, which can be a really, really painful condition of the tummy and in some cases life-threatening in extreme situations. So I suppose my recommendation would be it's best to stick to their own food even over the Christmas period. But if you're really tempted, like a lot of people, to give them a taste of the Christmas dinner, I'd recommend that the best thing would be a bit of the turkey meat, the Mm. really plain breast that doesn't have any bacon or any kind of juices or oils or fat on it would be the the best thing if you are really tempted to give them a taste. I had a friend of mine and they ended up, it was in a medical emergency. It was this one of the small little dogs. I can't think it was a kind of, I can't think it was kind of a chihuahua, one of those snappy little dogs. <laughs> and um, she decided to eat one of the baubles off the Christmas uh, tree. And they realised pretty quickly that they were having, that she was having stomach issues. And they she they, they ended up having to, the dog on St Stephen's Day ended up in a veterinary hospital being operated on there too. Because it, it, there was like shards inside in, in her little stomach had to be removed. Yeah. A lot of the Christmas decorations, whether they be the foam-based ones or the older style kind of enamel ones, they can be really, really dangerous because the foam ones, although they may not be sharp, they can cause big blockages in the tummy and that can cause cause a, a situation where they'll need surgery to unblock. But similar to your friend, a lot of these 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 Christmas ornaments are really fragile and very sharp when broken. So they can even, in a more serious situation, they can actually puncture through parts of the stomach and intestine. And that's a very, very grave situation indeed. So I really say to people, I wouldn't leave your pets with Christmas ornaments or the Christmas tree unattended. If you can keep them out of that room, unless you're in there with them, that's the best thing. And on, on that note, one other thing is cats versus Christmas tree doesn't tend to work out very well. Cats really love to try and play with the ornaments. They really love to try and climb the tree if they're left unattended and a little bit bored. And that's a really, really worrying thing. They will pull Both a tree. Th- I mean, they will pull a tree down. They will. Yeah, they will pull a tree down. And I suppose what I will say is I, I've come across a, one or two really, really sad incidences in my career where I've had cats that have tried to climb the tree. The tree has started to fall and they've fallen off it. And they've had quite bad spinal injuries afterwards. Ah. So I would really, I would really be very, very cautious. Don't leave your pet unattended with Christmas ornaments or the tree itself. Yeah, and there's so much flashing things and things moving, and they think it's, they think it's a great bit of fun. Pauline has exactly what we're taught, what you spoke about with the chocolate six-month-old Labrador pup at um, half a selection box yesterday before they got him. Now he got sick almost immediately. She said he seems fine today, but looks like he's feeling a little bit sorry for himself. Should she still take him to the vet? Oh, bless him. Well, it's good that he vomited pretty much straight afterwards. In a lot of situations, if they attend the vet, we'll we'll be trying to get them to vomit with very strong drugs that will keep them vomiting for a while so that all of the contents, as much as we can get up, have gone. If that's the situation, then that's really helpful. Not a lot will probably have stayed in the system to cause issues. 
but if it was just one little vomit and he may not have bring it, brought up the whole lot of it, it's possible that there may could have may still have been some absorption. I would say to err on the safe side, even though he looks okay, just looking a little bit sorry for himself, I'd attend the vet. Now, what I will say is we're kind of beyond the point of time where it would be beneficial to make him sick. So normally that's kind of two to four hours afterwards is about the limit of things. If, if we get it even sooner than that, brilliant. But there comes a point where the, 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 the chocolate or the mince pies will have passed beyond the stomach and we won't be able to bring them back up. But there are other things that we can do to try and um, we can give them things like charcoal, medical charcoal, not charcoal you'd buy yourself down the shops. Um, and that can help to sometimes absorb things that have passed passed into the, the rest of the intestine. But it may just be best to get him checked out by a vet just to make sure that he's yeah. not kind of and particularly, very, very yeah, brave. And particularly as we're going into Christmas, you don't want the panic on, exactly. on, on over, the, over the weekend. OK, and this one's heartbreaking from one, a namesake of yours, Jane in North Cork. She's had to have uh, one of her cats put to sleep. She wants to know, oh, uh, will her other cat go into a period of mourning? They were brothers, so they've always been together. And the other boy is off his food today. Is that a sign of that he's gone into like a period of mourning? Hmm, I think certainly my own my own opinion and my own experience is that companion pets after the passing of, of one of the pets in the household, I think they do grieve in their own way, personally. Everybody has a little bit of a different opinion on it. I know recently one of my own dogs passed away and one of my other dogs was, was left behind as their sole companion and they very much kind of went back into themselves for a month or two and were very, very unusual and not in their normal routine so I, I think they definitely do grieve in their own way and that may manifest as them being a lot quieter sometimes being a lot clingier to you sometimes changes in their normal behaviors like their normal routine with peeing and pooing their normal eating habits what I will say with a cat though is you know inappetence generally means something that something is wrong now it could just be that they're not feeling themselves they're a bit sad and they don't want to eat but I'd keep a really, really close eye on that because if cats don't eat for a day or two, it can cause a lot of knock-on problems within the rest of their system. They're, they're not good at dieting cats in the best of circumstances. So regardless of the underlying cause of the inappetence, I, if, it, if it persists to tomorrow with the season that's in it heading into Christmas I'd take your other cat to the vet just to get him checked out sure just to nothing make going sure on. it's not coincidence okay um, alright oh, we'll, so we'll, yeah it's, and it's dreadful so close to Christmas as well to, to lose a much loved yeah, pet listen have a wonderful wonderful Christmas thank you for all your input uh, during the year and we will look forward to chatting to you again in 2023 uh, uh, you too, Patricia. Very, very Merry Christmas to you all there at C103. Bye bye. Take care. That is uh, Jane Pickett of the Islandwood Veterinary Hospital in Newmarket, part of the Mill Street Veterinary Group. That's where I have to leave you. Back with you tomorrow, though, for the final one of the weeks. Thanks to Bernie for producing. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. 
That's stamps.com code program.